Welcome to the In Awe Podcast, where we amplify women and empower a community through the mission and their message. I am your host, Sarah Johnson, English teacher and school principal turned author and entrepreneur, living my own leap of faith on a mission to teach masses. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook at at Sarah S.A. Johnson. Be sure to subscribe to the In Awe Podcast so you can join me each week as I feature women who will leave us all in awe of their impact on our world. Welcome, my friends, to the Anna Podcast. I can barely believe that we are nearing the end of this month already. In regard to the podcast, we are in the series on leading ladies, and I cannot emphasize enough the impact each of these ladies has had on this community. I continue to get specific, real feedback about the mission in these messages, and I know today's guests will be no different. Our guiding quote for this month comes from Beyonce. We need to reshape our own perception of how we view ourselves. We have to step up as women and take the lead. What continues to inspire me is how each of these stories embodies the subtle yet powerful nuances in that quote. And you will no doubt see it clearly today with our next leading lady. Janine Maynard is principal of six years at Springwoods Elementary in Prince William County Schools. A native of Norfolk, Virginia, Janine has completed studies at James Madison University, Old Dominion University, and the University of Virginia. She began her 23 years in education teaching third grade and kindergarten in Chesapeake Public Schools. After a decade of working across the city in diverse school settings, she relocated to Northern Virginia, continuing her, continuing her career in Alexandria City Schools, where she almost immediately entered administration as an assistant principal serving two Title I schools over seven years. After marriage and the birth of her daughter, she moved to Lake Ridge, Virginia to begin her first principalship in Prince William County Schools at Springwoods Elementary, where it's all good in the woods. Her passions include building a strong school culture that will outlast her tenure, learning about her students' backgrounds, lives, and diverse cultures, and making the physical learning and gathering spaces for staff and students inspiring, relevant, and comfortable. When not working, Janine enjoys reading audio, hardcover, and digital books, several titles at the same time, live music, fellowship with family and friends, laughing often and out loud, and not being on social media. In this episode, we discuss Janine's experiences as a principal and her passion for leading as a whole person, as well as the emphasis she places on leading her staff to do the same. She shares about her experiences leading during the shifts experienced during this pandemic, and we get to hear the awesome details behind her reluctant journey into titled roles as a leader after discovering her superpowers in the classroom. I felt instantly connected to Janine with her positive outlook, realistic view of leading and living life as a whole human, and her contagious enthusiasm. What a gift to be able to share her voice on the show in this series to inspire us all. It is with joy, honor, and gratitude that I share with you Janine Maynard's Leading Lady story. Welcome, Janine Maynard, to the In Awe Podcast. I am so excited to have this conversation with you today and to share you with the In Awe community. Welcome, my new friend. Thank you for having me, Sarah. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. We have had a few different scheduling you know, snafus mm -hmm. or whatever you want to call them, and here we are. We are here. It is meant to be today. I can feel the energy, and I just know that there's going to be a mission in your message. So would you do me a favor, Janine, and just... Get the listeners warmed up to you and let them know a little bit about you and your current context, what you got going on in this beautiful world of ours. Oh, well, again, thanks so much for having me. I am super happy to be here. Thanks for all your patience, too, as we work through our little snafus to connect. 
Um, I am in my heading into my seventh year of principalship. And it's been quite an adventure, Sarah. <laughs> um, it, I, I like to I like to to say that I'm a rookie, but I think I'm out of the, that uh, territory now. <laughs> I think I have to say I'm, I'm more experienced now, and I've got to stand on my own two feet. But I I like to say that I'm still a rookie in it because. I mean, goodness, every year, so much of it feels so new. In fact, this summer, uh, right now, I'm currently in the building, of course, working. And, and right now, I am running um, simultaneous summer program. So one is virtual. Hi, 2021. Uh, and then one is uh, in person. So we're doing a kindergarten boot camp here in the building in person. So yeah, we're still in full swing, uh, but just in, in a different mode this summer. But things are still rocking and rolling around here. We're gearing up for the new school year, welcoming back uh, staff. Um, had to hire uh, more staff than I'm used to, um, but I'm excited mm. about it. Um, I think the last couple of years have caused people to reflect and to think about what they want to do with their lives. And so we were able to send off in high fashion some of our beloved staff members um, to go on and do other things and to prioritize other things in their lives. But that means we've got to we've got to completely uh, refocus here and, and welcome some new folks on board. So I'm also focusing on that this summer because whew, that's a priority. You want to make sure you get the right people on the bus and uh, that that family um, environment is preserved and nurtured. And so, yeah, those are my big things this summer. And then I am going to sneak away for a little bit and travel. Um, so looking forward mm. to getting away with my my husband and my, my nine-year-old daughter. And we're just going to do a little bit of traveling um, local um, and then also hitting some islands and, and getting some sun. So really proud of myself for, for building that into my summer. I have to say that's a first. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, thanks. Well, I'm really proud of you, too. And there's just so much that we've been able to learn about you in this short amount of time, because already I am a fan of your mindset and how you were able to reframe, you know, a shift in staffing and I think we're seeing that, you know, around the country with educators, mm -hmm. we've always seen um, attrition, but this year it'll be interesting to see once that data comes out in regard mm -hmm. to those reflective moments and what people are choosing to do if they're choosing to stay or use their gifts in other ways. But mm -hmm. here's the cool part. When I heard you say that you were, uh, you felt like, you know, by now you're a rookie and you're on your own. It's kind of funny when I think about the fact that you have just completed, let's say, a, at least a year and a half of leadership that no one's ever experienced. <laughs> So yeah, technically, yeah. I can understand why as a veteran administrator, you would feel I feel like rookie. a rookie all over again. Yeah. <laughs> but I've spoken with people who have been in it, you know, for 20 years and they still um, felt the same way. So would you do me the honor of sharing with me and the community just a little insight into what leading in this last year has been like? Um, you know, obviously you had experience before it was like to be a principal prior to this pandemic, um, but just to give us a little insight into that. Yeah. For me, this has been a really, um, special time, special time. And it's been an honor 
to lead my staff during the, this last season. Heading into the pandemic, we were on a high. I mean, think the momentum was strong and with different, different initiatives that we had in place, things were looking really good and we were poised for probably our strongest finished yet. Uh, and so the trajectory was looking good and we were in a good place. So when the when the pandemic hit, we, we, we didn't know what hit us when the pandemic hit. In fact, we still kind of laugh about it. The last uh, day that we were physically in the building before schools closed, we were doing the electric slide on our on our main hallway, which we call Main Street. And we were doing some you know, some line dances and, you know, and just hugging and, and smiling. Okay, we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks when this thing blows over, you know? And mm. so we, we left, um, you know, a tight knit group and uh, just, you know, ready to, to, to tackle what was coming our way, but knowing that we would just get through it together. And then um, when we really realized what, what, what we were facing, um, yeah, uh, I, I, it was it was quite a blow, but because things were so strong before, uh, we we just you know we came together even more so, and I couldn't be prouder of the teachers who right away just started taking initiative to get materials to students, making home visits, porch drops, drop offs. Um, the virtual lessons, even though we weren't introducing new content, but the virtual lessons, I mean, they jumped right on board with uh, creating engaging and, and exciting virtual lessons with their students. And most of all, just focusing on giving the kids some calm and some routine. And I could not have been prouder uh, of of the staff uh, during that time. So it is it has just been my honor. And then as the time has gone on, they've gotten even better and stronger at um, this, you know, in this new environment, this hybrid environment. Um, I've worked really hard to keep everything off their plate that doesn't need to be on their plate. Um, checking in with them regularly. Of course, we're meeting in our CLTs as we always have, but checking in with them, you know, can this be an email or does it need to be a meeting? And, you know, making sure I manage their time well and, um, you know, getting them the right PD so that they can feel confident in, in, in the uh, virtual environment. So I've really just focused on protecting them. I always say put the oxygen mask on the adults first and then they can take care of the kids. So that has just been the focus of our admin team um, for our staff. And it I, I'd say it's just paid dividends. They have, I, I they've given me 200% this year and um, I'm, I'm overwhelmed and it has been my absolute honor to serve them. <laughs> oh, wow. I just love listening to your spirit and your joy. And when you have said a few different times, I've noticed it is my honor. I always, um, you know, leadership is challenging. We're not going to diminish that at all. But I love right. when I hear a leader speak like you. Um, you know, mm. I often think about the challenges that are in front of us. We choose. We don't choose them, but we can choose how we battle them. And it's like Absolutely. I often use the analogy of a giant on a, a battlefield. And I always um, this year have really been trying hard to keep that in my own mind, as well as those that I'm connected to, to remember like this. You're in this spot for a reason. It was you, not someone mm -hmm. else. And this giant was mm -hmm. meant for you. And I can mm -hmm. tell that you have taken on that um, mindset that is just so powerful. 
So I would love to um, learn a little bit more about your journey overall. Like, regardless of the pandemic, we can put that aside. <laughs> like, <laughs> what in the world inspired you? We have you featured here on the Leading Ladies series. What got you into becoming a titled lady leader? <laughs> um, so funny story. <laughs> um, I did not see educational leadership in my in my future uh, when I started my teaching career. Funny, funny thing. I just, um, that was not what I had planned. I thought that I was going to be that kindergarten teacher in that same classroom in the corner of a building for 30 years teaching my heart out <laughs> um, because I just loved those young learners and and I was and I was really good at it, Sarah. I mean, I loved it. And my my teams used to joke and say and say Janine can teach a table to read. Um, and so I just I loved. Um, yeah, that's what I love doing. But um, I noticed um, in my first year of teaching, uh, I became team lead um, at the school where I was. And that little bit of taste of leadership, it just does something to you when you, when you, you know, you may have that gifting inside of you and you don't quite know it yet. Um, mm -hmm. But I got that little taste of leadership and I thought, wow, I can help adults too. Wait, what? And so uh, as I was looking for a master's program to get into, just to continue my, my learning, I decided um, to do educational leadership. And I remember being the only one in my program, this is back in Southeast Virginia, where I'm from. I'm from the Tidewater area originally. And so uh, in my program, I was the only person in the class who did not have aspirations of becoming a principal, uh, which made me the freest, happiest person in that room every session. <laughs> and I had the best time. Every project was pure joy. I felt so free. Um, as I was learning all that, you know, school leaders, um, um, you know, take on. And it was a wonderful experience. And then I got that license, Sarah, and then I did nothing in that, uh, you know, looking for in, in those positions for, for over 10 years. I continued to teach, but I pursued teacher leadership opportunities always. That was in me. And so I did different things in the school and saw myself in those uh, elevated roles and just loved helping, helping, helping adults. But I just did not see myself as a principal. And it wasn't until I wanted a change, moved uh, here to the D.C. metro area and on the phone with my mom. Um, so many of us rely on our moms for that good advice. I was chatting with her one morning. And she said, you know what? You've been teaching up there for a year. I think you need to look into administration. And I went, what? I, I am teaching pre-K. I'm a brand new teacher to this, this division. And you think I should look into administration? And so we chatted about it for a little bit. But you know how moms are? Like they plant those seeds and like those things take root like, you know, right away. <laughs> and um yeah, within a week, I was online looking at positions and and lo and behold, the assistant principal position uh, became available in my school where I was currently working and I applied and I got it and that blew my mind. 
but uh, but like I said before, once I got that taste, uh, you know, of leadership, I knew that that was where I was meant to be, and I didn't look back. And um, so, yeah, I guess I have to say thanks, mommy. Uh, <laughs> she was the one who saw that in me all the time, um, and and helped me to take that leap of faith. <laughs> I love so much that it was this beautiful voice of influence for you that got Mm -hmm. you to that space. And I also am hearing just such joy. I was trying to put a pin, like pinpoint what I was hearing from you. And it's such the kindergarten voice (laughs) as you're speaking. There it is. I love it so much. (laughs) Um, That passion, there's nothing like a fantastic kindergarten teacher. I don't care. I mean, I was a secondary teacher and I remember uh, there's always a conversation about who has the most challenge. You know, I don't know. I've led at all different levels and it's kind of funny when people start bringing in, but I watch kindergarten teachers in their magic and I am swear mm-hmm. there's nothing more magical than a <laughs> kindergarten teacher. So you are right about that. It, it's a gift. It's a, it's a special gift. And I'm telling you, there's, it's pure magic. <laughs> it is. And so I love it because then I'm hearing all of these roots of how your gifts are being used so beautifully. And when I think about you talking about your um, preparation program and that lightness that you had, because there wasn't, and I don't know why, but it was a lack of pressure maybe um, to seek those things or whatever that happens to be. So I think about how Mm -hmm. powerful you could, how more powerfully you could internalize those lessons Mm -hmm. (laughs) without putting added ego pressure. I don't know. I love it. I absolutely love that. Okay, so you started out as an assistant principal, you got a taste, and then you moved into the full-on principal role. As a, mm-hmm. a leading lady, would you give us any insight into what that is like in your context? Because we have listeners that are in all parts of the country, actually outside of the U.S., some in education, some not. I'm just curious about what that charge looks like for you. Well, you know what? I'm going to I'll share a little bit more because I had a unique journey into the principalship, but I maybe maybe and maybe not so unique. In, in fact, because I've talked with a few leaders and some some of them have shared uh, this experience, and so I think it is important to talk about. But um, I didn't move into the principalship so so quickly, um, or even in the timing that I thought was appropriate. Um, in fact, it, it took me quite a few tries to, to break out, and I even had to um, make a move and look at other divisions, you know, see what else was out there and, and, and broaden my scope before I found um, my place in the right time um, to step into that role. So I definitely want to encourage folks to take your time and, and know that when the season is right, um, it will, it will happen. It will be, um, but it was not an easy road for me. Um, I, as an assistant principal, I was very blessed to be under the, the mentorship and leadership of an amazing principal, Mr. Rainey Pascal. I just got to give him a shout out because he's just, uh, uh, my heart, but he was one of, he was the last principal that I worked under. I had two other amazing ones before him, but the last one that I worked under. And he 
saw that hunger in me to become principal and he began to to really groom me and he allowed me to take on anything I wanted to take on in the building. Um, he saw me as his equal and knew that I was fully capable um, and was just my biggest cheerleader. And so I was able to experience I think way more than a typical assistant principal might be able to experience, but that was thanks to him. Anything, I, I mean, I, he let me be as creative as I wanted to be uh, in supporting the staff and the students. And so I really enjoyed that. So my hope is that um, those leaders who are wanting to take take that leap will have those conversations with their mentors, with their principals, uh, and be uh, ready uh, and be creative in what you want to take on and try and experiment with, um, because those experiences really do pour into you and prepare you for what's next. Um, I, like I said, I was grateful to have a wonderful mentor, and it just it just it paved the way for me to step right into the principalship. And although nothing can quite prepare prepare you for the principalship, I'd say I had the best, um, the best opportunity to, to be able to be prepared for it. So yes, hopefully folks just, um, stick with it because like I said, my journey was not easy, um, quite bumpy and not as timely as I wanted it to be, but couldn't be more grateful for, for what it turned out to be. That's so good. Thank you for stepping into that and making intentional time to share that hope filled message. Because I think that often when people see others in a position that they're looking to gain into, especially women in leadership, whether we see it or not, we don't see a lot of women, (laughs) especially at the secondary Mm -hmm. level, I should say. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, having those mentors, and and having your voice right now, just reminding that it'll open up when it's meant to is really powerful. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was going to reserve this question for the very end, but I, I feel like it's the right timing to ask you this one because you are, your school is an award-winning school. You are a highly energized, focused, passionate leader who is a well-rounded human. And <laughs> as a human, um, we bring like different, identities with us. And, you know, having uh, women featured here on this leading ladies series, is there any insight you could provide for us about the joys and challenges, like lessons on both sides that you've learned about being specifically a woman in leadership? Women are unique and powerful and different from men. (laughs) We are different and we have different needs and we have to take care of ourselves. Um, What fuels me, what keeps me grounded um, is that balance of personal life, um, uh, protecting my personal life um, and guarding who I am as a as a wife first and a mother um, as well, uh, and that to me is paramount. That that is who I am first, um, and so um, I'm very careful that no matter how demanding the job gets. Um, I've still, I'm still home to cook dinner, <laughs> you know, on, on my nights, you know, thankfully I have a husband and we, we share things, you know, it's, it's quite balanced at home, but, you know, but I'm, I'm there to cook dinner and spending time with my daughter and making plans as a, as a family to spend that time together. So I think, um, 
that brings me so much joy because I'm able to come into work completely full. My bucket's completely full when I show up to work. And then I can I can give that I can pour that out uh, here in in the school building, um, because if, and if you don't have anything in, in the reserves, you can't you can't give. Um, so I, I, I definitely hold on to that as, um, as my strength, my source of strength. Mm. Um, I also, I, I need my teachers to do the same thing. <laughs> they know that I put family first, self health and family first. Um, because like I said, you know, they, they've got to have the oxygen mask on first before they can take care of the students. And so, uh, we all have to make sure that we are well. Um, and so, um, we, we train each other to look out for each other, to check in on each other. Um, but again, take care of home self and home first. Um, and the joy that comes from that is just, yeah, it's just immense. It's really powerful and off, it's it's often easy to say, but to live is also something very different. And I love that, again, message of hope coming from you that when you as a leader choose to lead yourself first with that mantra and then spread it to the organization that you're leading, it's really powerful. I know I've worked in organizations that have provided lip service to that, but really don't um, live it. And just what a powerful opportunity for for me to just remember again to say to you that clearly you're in the right spot. <laughs> Your staff oh, is fortunate to you. have that um, always, but during this last year, I'm certain they were very appreciative. Thank and you. I love too that you had led with the fact that you're going to be traveling with your husband and daughter. That's such a powerful thing that we need to do um, as humans and to walk away and reset and recharge and enjoy our families is something we really should be doing every day. But then also building in that saturated time, Mm -hmm. I think is really powerful too. I noticed in your bio too, you said um, you enjoy being off of social media. Is there any message that you wanted to share with the crew further about that? I I feel very strongly. You got to listen out for your own drum and you got to march to that. I mean, Sarah, I get a kick out of being told uh, what length my eyelashes should be and how beach wavy my hair should be. (laughs) Um, There's just a lot of pressure for what's Mm. trendy, what's um, attractive, what's what's popular, what. And I just I don't have time for it. I don't have time for it. And, And what I found you know, back when I was on social media, oh, this was over maybe 10 or 15 years back, <laughs> last time I had a social media uh, account, um, I found that it was difficult for me to uh, to remain humble and focused on my work and to think about other people in the way that I should. I was thinking about myself. You know, am I am I doing, you know, the most and the best mm. for myself first? And I didn't like that. I I prefer thinking of other people more than myself and thinking of others to be better than myself. And and oddly enough, that all comes back and feeds and feeds me. Um, and it does. Um, yeah, it feeds me. It feeds me to think of other people um, and builds me up to do to do so. So I I don't get um, 
I don't get fed from social media. Um, and so I stopped feeding on it. <laughs> and it has been it's been freeing for me. Um, I do think there are wonderful benefits to it. And I'm thankful for my teachers who who love to um, share out about the great things happening in our building and in their classrooms. I'm thankful for folks who who do know how to use social media in a in a smart and productive way, because I see the benefits of that. But for me, um, it didn't feed me. And um, so, yeah, I don't miss it. And I and I'm good with my eyelashes. And <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, first of all, I feel like that is probably the key into how you kept yourself mentally well this last year. <laughs> I am certain the social media and the amount of negativity and proximity to that really contributed to a lot of our mental health challenges across the country. I just have to say that I'm, you know, definitely a piece of I that. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. <laughs> and so you were able to stay above that noise in a way that was really powerful too, to serve your um, learning community and your family and yourself, which is awesome. And I love that you give this specific example about the length of your eyelashes. And we could probably <laughs> come up with a laundry list of the comparisons, right? Um, Mm -hmm. and that, oh yeah. yeah. So thank you for that. I think that's really powerful. And I also really appreciate that you said there's a beautiful side to it too. And noting that you said that you're grateful to have staff who can use it, um, effectively and productively. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh yeah. Because it can be, but man, the distraction there. Yes, you said it. <laughs> Distraction. Yes. After having said, yes, I have to rely upon it to get this word out to masses with this podcast. So that, you know, it is what it is, but it's a constant battle. And one of the things that I would note one more time is I love how coming through again with this being a leader is you being able to focus on the work in front of you. And that mm-hmm. requires, um, you know, making some choices and saying no to certain things so that mm-hmm. you can continue to say yes to others. And that's a really powerful message as well. Absolutely. It can be a full, that social media thing, it can be a full-time job if you let it. I mean, it's a lot. Tell it's me a lot. About so, it. yeah, absolutely. Something <laughs> I couldn't keep on my plate. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and so I just really appreciate you. You know, that message can be so universal. Uh, we have, you know, the leading, leading lady piece and asking you specifically about that challenge. There's everybody faces the challenge of work-life balance as leaders. Um, Mm -hmm. Women tend to have it thrown heavier on their shoulders. Uh, But you also Mm -hmm. noted that you and your husband have come up with a nice um, recipe so that there's some shared work and the non-paid work that we do every day at home. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. So we're getting a masterclass from you. Listeners, you already (laughs) have picked up some things. Um, So Janine, I just appreciate your energy. I so appreciate your story. I, I wanted to make sure before we move off and go into the two standard questions, I noted that um, in the information that you provided, you talk a little bit about your own background as a person, as your identities. Do you want to share a little bit about that rich piece of you um, and, and who you are as a person in this world? It's so relevant to talk about it now more so than than ever. So I'm, I'm happy to share a little bit about myself. Um, I would have described myself probably um, two uh, plus years ago as an African-American woman. And that's still a very respectable and respectful term. I don't mind that description at all. But now I proudly identify as um, a descendant of the enslaved Americans. And um, that identity I, I hold near and dear to my heart because there's strength in that story. 
uh, along with the pain. Um, but with the things that we see happening in the world today, I, I find comfort and, um, and strength in the resilience, um, you know, of, of my ancestors and, and the stories that I'm learning more and more about as I'm digging deeper into into my own family history. Um, so, yeah, I would identify um, as a woman leader, as an, an, an ADOS, as I just explained. Um, and I think that those are um, that in itself and leadership is is not as common as it should be, um, but it does give a unique lens. And um, I'll say too, I think it, it brings so much rich, richness too to the um, to the job as well, because uh, being able to see every person for who they are and and automatically thinking, hey, what's your story? What's your family? <laughs> Their strength in your ancestry too. What is it? You know, and wanting to hear those stories as I explore and learn more about my own. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm naturally curious about what's happening, you know, with the people in my organization as well. Um, and it's been a passion of mine to diversify my staff and worked really hard to do that uh, in the in the six years that I've been here and love looking uh, around my building and seeing every hue, every background reflected uh, on my staff um, and and in my student body as well, because that's so important. So loving my own identity, but it's giving me such an appreciation for every human's identity and history and story. Thank you so much for going down that path a little bit with me. I feel like we could have an entire podcast and just learn and hear about that richness. And I love how you identify that it's been a focus for you for hiring. And I think there's such um, beauty in that, in creating space to make sure that we have, we can see um, others. We can, it's a see ourselves. Um, when I think about you not going into leadership, I also want to pull, peel that apart sometimes. I wonder, did you visualize yourself there or not? <laughs> um, we know representation, we know matters. And obviously you being representation for others, but also providing that um, in your hiring practices is really awesome to hear about. So thank you. Is re- uh, just another reason why you are where you are, my friend. You weren't meant to stay in that beautiful corner kindergarten room. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. No, no. And I and I can see the evidence of that so much. Yeah, it's, it's given me so much over the years. I'm so glad. So glad I left my corner office. <laughs> oh, me too. And I'm also really glad that I have the opportunity to share your voice um, in this forum because I feel like it's really having um, an important mission to it. So I've got those two standards questions we need to hear from you. And I know they're going to be powerful. Are you ready for those? I think so. (laughs) All right. So if you could write a letter to yourself at any age or stage, Janine, what would you say? I'd have to say savor and capture the moments along the journey, capture the moments in pictures, capture it in journaling. Um, I'm not much of a journaler and I'm not one to be in front of a camera. Um, But uh, I give that advice to my, to my younger self because every life moment, every opportunity, every failure is life and it's learning. And um, those life lessons make those imprints on us. You know, maybe it's a permanent scar. Maybe it becomes a beauty mark. But those those life lessons are never lost on us and they're always there and they're worth remembering. Uh, And it's worth retelling those past victories and hurts, um, not only to yourself, 
to remind yourself in the moment, wait, I've been here before, I've done this, I got this, but also to those folks coming, you know, coming after you, the people who are looking up to you uh, and watching your journey. So I would say, you know, definitely capture those moments so that you can pass on those stories. They are such treasures, not only to ourselves, but to those who are, who are coming after us. Such beautiful wisdom there that you would give to yourself that obviously would impact those of us listening to you through that. Um, and so I appreciate that. And I love that word savor. It feels like you're living that out thematically <laughs> in your life, which is really awesome. Absolutely. Finally. Yes. Finally. Yay, yes. Awesome. Okay. So how about this one? Um, as an influential woman, if listeners find themselves in a pit of fear or doubt, what could you help to say to them to help them rise up out of it? Yeah, you know, I, I touched on this a little earlier, and I just have to share this again. Um, this too shall pass. <laughs> this too shall pass. Those moments of doubt and fear, feeling, you know, not enough, feeling uh, not seen, they will pass. Uh, and when the time is right, it will be right. When the season is right, it will be right. Um, I was denied the opportunity for principalship over a dozen times. And I'm telling you, it took a toll on me. I was asking some, some deep, dark questions of myself um, in some of those moments. And um, it, when when the clouds started to lift and I finally, you know, began to realize, you know, I, I wouldn't even be in the, you know, in, in, um, in the interview game if I wasn't of a certain caliber. Like I, so I had to, you know, remind myself and talk to myself who I, who I was and what I'd done and what I was capable of and remind myself that I am ready. But when the time is right, that it will be right. So, um, yeah, I just encourage folks to, it's okay, settle down, <laughs> settle down and, and definitely, um, you know, acknowledge the sting of things, but don't stay there. Don't stay there and just be encouraged that when it is right, it will come. Um, look for those opportunities to, to, to showcase yourself and your talents. You know, I love to say, don't steal anybody's spotlight, but when it's on you, you better shine. <laughs> and so, you know, take those moments um, to shine as a leader so that when your season comes, you are ready. I needed to hear, I just felt so inspired listening to you right there. And I just, um, struggled recovering for a moment. I, I love that. And you know, so often we put our worth in the title or our worth in the job or whatever it is, the achievement we're looking for. And I really appreciate that wisdom coming from you today just seeping through everything you say and reminding us that these things are, they do come in seasons and there's an opportunity to learn. Um, so don't steal the spotlight, but when it's your time, make sure to shine. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm going to re-gift that to my daughters today at some point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, all right. My new friend, Janine, I just have appreciated this conversation with you so much. I know the listeners are, oh, they're just going to really appreciate everything you've um, provided for us here today. And I know you're not connected on social media, but a lot of times my listeners want to connect afterwards. So Mm -hmm. is there a way that they might be able to get in touch with you after the interview? Um, They can certainly track down my school, um, Springwoods Elementary in Woodbridge, Virginia. Um, And they can, uh, my email is there, of course. And then, of course, my school is on Twitter as well. So you can also stay connected to Springwoods to check out what we're doing in that way. 
Awesome. Well, I will be me. <laughs> I'll make it a little easier and link those <laughs> for the listeners. All right, Janine, it's just been such a life-giving conversation. I appreciate you. I'm so grateful that you were able to see what your gifts were to get into being a leading lady and that I could share your voice and that you would provide such a powerful story today. Thank you so much for joining me. It was such a pleasure, Sarah, my new friend. And thank you so much for this time spent. It was wonderful. I continue to be completely awe-inspired by every single guest on this podcast, and I am so grateful every time you choose to share, rate, review an episode. It matters so greatly to the mission and the message of our guests, and I appreciate every time you help one another rise by lifting up the message. Thank you so much, and I appreciate you being a part of this awe-inspiring community.